All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with Coley, where we have conversations about real life experiences we rather stay silent about. Today, we're talking about sex trafficking. My name is Nicole Miller, and I'm the author of the book series A through Z Guide to Raising a Good Human. Today, we have guest Karina Beresford. I hope I said your name right. <laughs> <laughs> a single mom who is living in her van with her three-year-old son, and they are traveling all over the United States together and recording their travels for all to see on platforms such as TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, etc. We will provide those links at the end. Karina is also a talented artist who has helped me create the covers for my books, and she is also working with another author. She is amazing, folks. You need to check her out. And so it is my pleasure to welcome Karina. Welcome, Karina. Hi. <laughs> so I'm going to start with an icebreaker question because I um, learned from a friend that those actually kind of help loosen you up. So here's your icebreaker question. If you could be anything in the world, what would you want to be? doesn't have to be human. Um, that is a really good, I would love to be a little frog, um, living in like a creek with moss and rocks near me. Nice. <laughs> I that you love moss. <laughs> Something about it. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. I would like to personally be a butterfly and people are always like, well, they don't live that long. Well, I mean, I don't care. Then I get to come back and be something else. Yeah. <laughs> you get a fly. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they're beautiful. All right. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit of your background. Okay. Um, so mostly for most of my life, I have been living in Georgia here, specifically in Delonica. Um, I have been, oh gosh, this is a hard question. I hate talking about myself. Um, yes, most of my life I've lived in Delonica here. I went to high school here, ended up getting pregnant shortly outside of high school. So um, college was not really an option for us. Um, but then I started working at uh, Irish pub here. You know where we're at. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually and um it's always kind of been a dream of mine to go out and travel and just kind of be a free little nomad um and finally over this past year i've been able to make it happen and like actually live out these dreams so that's awesome so when did you know you wanted to transform a van and travel across the united states like when did that idea start for you when I was probably about 15 is when I really started thinking about like the travel life. And I originally wanted to do it with a bus, but that was a whole big project that I wasn't quite to take on. Um, but actually last year in September, so September of 2021, I had a friend offer me the van that I currently have now. And it was just perfect timing. I had the right funds set up for it and everything just kind of worked out to where I was able to get it and start working on it and get out. So it, yeah. <laughs> and y'all, yeah, I have to check her out on TikTok and see her van. Her van is cool. I mean, it really is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so having Ollie, so you're 15. So you have Ollie come along in your life unexpectedly. Did that kind of curtail your thoughts in your mind at first that maybe that dream was not going to happen? 
I, for a while, yes, especially when I first had him, I was like, well, I'm stuck now. But then by the time he became like one, when he was around one is when I started realizing that just because I had him doesn't mean I'm stuck and had to stop following my dreams. Um, it just means I had to adjust the path that I needed to take to get there. So 100%. Yeah, it takes some rethought, but especially having him and wanting to teach him the things that I want to learn as well, like to appreciate all of that, it was a must to nice. take him. I like to hear you say that because I went back to school as a single mom and a lot of people were like, oh, well, I couldn't do this or that because I have kids. So it, and for me, it was like, wait a minute, it just looks different. It doesn't yep. have, that doesn't mean it has to stop. It just looks different. So yep. tell us what a day in the life of a single mom traveling looks like. Like what does one full day look like for you guys? When you're Never quite the same. Let me start with that. Never quite the same. But depending on where we were at, um, most days I was kind of in a stage where I wanted to rush and see a lot of things real fast. So I was driving a lot within the first days. But um, normally we would wake up at our campsite that we found the night before. Um, we would take our time. We'd make breakfast. We'd do all that kind of stuff. If I could get a place that was like by a creek or whatever, that would be my favorite because then Ollie could go play outside. Um, I would work on my TikTok stuff. I would start um, making my art and getting my connections and all that kind of stuff. So every time we had downtime, really, I was working while he was playing so that I can make this sustainable. Um, but we hit national parks. Uh, we had a lot of national parks. So most of the times we would camp just outside of a national park. And then during the day after we got our nap and stuff, we would go into the national park and do all of that. Um, we do very camp style meals. So easy peasy things that we could just throw together, usually fresh, uh, vegetables and fruit and stuff like that is what kept us going most of the time. Um, I snatched one of your recipes by the way, and I love it. Isn't it good? It's awesome. I mean, I can't get sick of it. I'm like, it's like cowboy caviar on crack, like 2.0 yeah. version. It's awesome. It's beautiful. I love it. But most of the time we just, we relax. We experience. There's not really a form of how the day is going to go. It's just, oh, we have the opportunity to go do this now. And because of the way that we're living right now, we can go do it. So it's never really a consistent. You're not living on a schedule. No, I mean, Ollie no. <laughs> obviously is for the day for naps and, and meals, yeah. But yeah. other than that, we are free to do really whatever we wanted to do. That so amazing. that sounds amazing. Yeah. So, how many states have you traveled to, and how long do you normally like want to stay in a specific state? Good question. Again, varies. Um, I have been to approximately, I think it's about 20 states right now, um, kind of from South Carolina and this little line up to Oregon um, and Washington. But there were some states that I would only spend the night in and move on just because I wasn't too particularly interested in staying in that area. Like Arkansas, I only stayed in one day. Um, but Colorado, I stayed there for like two weeks. Ooh, you're messy. <laughs> He's letting you know uh, his opinion too. <laughs> yeah, <great> <laughs> um, 
Colorado and Utah were some specific ones that I like to spend more time in. They also have more national parks to spend time in. The weather was better, so it was just easier to stay there. Um, but for at least the first half of my travel experience, it was let's see how far we can go. Let's see how much we can do. When I go back out for my second round, I think I'm going to be spending some more time in uh, in each state that I already know I enjoy being in. So, yeah. <laughs> So tell us a couple of highlights of your adventures. Highlights. Um, the amount of friends that we made. Uh, we ended up meeting these people while we were camping in Utah. I got totally lost in Utah. And we just ended up staying pretty much on this little pull-off on the side of the road. And we met these beautiful little human beings. Um, they, it was these two older grandparents, and they had five little kids with them that were all right about Ollie's age. And they also had two horses with them. And they were just like, because I was lost and had no service, they were very welcoming. They gave me a map. They showed me everywhere that I needed to go. They were very kind. Ollie's a very social butterfly, so he makes friends wherever he goes. Um, when we went to, there was a national park that I was not, I didn't even know existed. I didn't know Mesa Verde was a national park. And it turned out to be one of my favorites because there's like, they have buried in the mountains, like 700 year old, uh, old Native American homes, like in, in the mountains that you can go down and hike and see. And that was just like the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. So you weren't really lost. You were just being reguided. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't on the planned route, but it worked out for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us some challenges that y'all faced. A lot of them. Uh, a lot of them. A lot more than I expected. Within the first day, I got dumped by my boyfriend that I was <laughs> madly in love with back home, but we're here. Um, shortly after, I broke my mirror off of my, like my side mirror off of the van. Uh, thankfully, no other cars were damaged in the process. It was just me. <laughs> um, the day after I got my mirror fixed, I got a flat tire <laughs> in the middle of the woods and had to get some park rangers to come out and help me fix it. Oh, thank God you um, found someone. <laughs> yes. No, because no truck was even able to get to where I was. I had to get national park people who had, like, these, like, cool little pickup trucks to come out and help me. Um, I got lost. I guess that wasn't really, it was an inconvenience that ended up being a lot better than expected. Um, and then when I went up into Washington, I ended up getting drunk, um, within the first 12 hours of being in Washington, actually. So, wow. And we're going to get into that. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us about how you met the person that drugged you. So one of my best friends, um, I think you actually know it, Sarah from the pub. Uh, she had introduced me to one of her best friends over in Oregon, which super awesome. But then this friend, the friend of a friend, introduced me to somebody else. This girl here who uh, was working on some costume pants. And I was the only one in the room who knew how to sew. So I offered my help which turned out to be utilized for a very bad reason. <laughs> very bad reason. Wow. So when you met her, did you get any kind of an odd vibe off of her? No. 
And I usually pick up on things like that very fast, but for some reason it was almost like we matched energies. But as I went on, I realized that was probably part of the game. Um, she was trying to get me to like her, get me to feel comfortable around her. So originally I was like, oh, this girl's cool. She's awesome. And then once I started to switch my perspective on it, I went, oh, okay. I doing now. Do you, do you think her friends knew what she does? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. So you end up going back to her apartment, right? Yes. Okay. So describe what happened when you entered her apartment, like upon entering. Um, when I had went back to the apartment to finish the project that I was working on for her, like the little costume pants, um, I walked up and it was probably about 8.30 at this time. So Ollie was going to need to go to bed soon. I wasn't planning on staying very long. Um, I sat down, we're having a conversation, watching Moana, and I got handed a glass of water because, you know, it, it, it's a very hospitable thing to do to hand somebody a glass of water. Mm -hmm. Did she take care of the water? I did not make the water. She made it herself. Yeah. Okay. And you couldn't see her kitchen from mm -mm. her? Different, different room over here. So. Mm -hmm. so she serves you the glass of water and you drink out of it. Do you take a lot of it in or just a little? Does it taste funny, smell funny, anything? I didn't notice anything. I did not notice anything different about it. I had gotten through probably about half the glass. And that's when, like, I started to realize something was off and that it was not, like, I was, I was feeling suddenly tight and, like, loopy and just not feeling good. So I only made it halfway before I even started to do that. If I had finished the glass, you would have known. Yeah, who we wouldn't know? be having this conversation, right? No, so when I don't. You were drinking it. Were you like thirsty, ominous, like guzzle, or were you just sipping and doing your thing? Um, I think I probably picked up the glass like two or three times. It wasn't like a da da da. It was just like, uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna sip this water. Acting normal while you were sitting there drinking it. Kind of, kind of. That's kind of where it gets a little funky, because like. For a reason, like, I, I'm i a very nervous person. And because she was, it was a new area and I was, like, I just get very nervous. So I told her, I was like, I'm feeling a little overstimulated right now. If I feel kind of quiet, um, that's why. I'm just, like, I'm feeling a little overstimulated. Thank you. Um, so she's like, okay, I'll give you some space. So for the first few minutes, I was given space to where it just, like, I was silent and it, that kind of enhanced the fact that I knew that I was feeling differently because I was just sitting there in silence and then everything started to kind of go a little wonky, a little wonky, a little weird. Okay. So, um, you and I had talked about this briefly. So you said Ollie is the reason that you got up off the couch, right? So he can go up on your feet. How does, how, how does, how does that, what does that look like? It, it, that's where all of this gets really funky because this is something that I've never experienced before, especially with him. 
but it was like at that moment something else it was almost like something else intervened through him and was trying to protect the both of us because he was looking at me with such intent and like mom go mom go and like he doesn't right yes he's he's not even quite three he'll be three next month so he's he's not talking he's not like super conversational yet he got he has pretty basic words down but he was making it very clear that i was in danger he was like uh-oh mom go uh-oh mom go and kept pulling up this toy of a little bug and like squashing it and being like bug mom bug and so for me i was like he's trying to tell me that i'm being like squashed i'm trying to be like contained i'm trying to be taken advantage of and he needed to go he was like let's go and there's never been a time where he was so intent or never even suggested that we leave somewhere like he just doesn't do that yeah. so it was a bit odd for him to be like now's the time now's the time yeah. so thank you <laughs> thank you yeah. thank you ollie my gosh so he gets you up on your feet Y'all are, are making your way out of the apartment. What is happening in that moment? So I want to preface, I want to give a little information on slightly something else, but at this moment, I started to feel a little bit more heightened, a little bit more like something was going on, started to feel a little bit loopy, unable to stand quite like that. This is when the girl came back into the room and started kind of playing games with my head. She started telling me scary stories, um, talking about moms she knows that are very bad because they um, don't take good care of their children and their children should take and be taken away by CPS and all this kind of stuff. And just like freaking me out because she knew I was already in such a vulnerable state. So Ollie's like, I'm like, ooh, what's going on here? Ollie's like, let's go. So I finally start to stand up. I'm barely even able to. And you're a tiny framed woman. Let's just say this. He's small. I'm a hundred pounds. Okay. So like a bit of drug is a lot of drug. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to get up, get out the door. I'm like, all right, Ollie needs to go to bed. We're just going to go trying to push it on him. So she doesn't know that I know what's going on. Um, and as soon as I'm like, oh, I need to go. She's like, okay, hang on. Let me call my friend real quick. Calls her friend. And she's like, hey, you should come over. You, you should make it fast. I have I have something for you. And I immediately knew I was the something. Like, I I was the thing for this person. Like, I, I, I just, at that moment is when I knew that it wasn't just going to be her that was involved with this situation. That there was more coming. So, <laughs> yeah. So if you would have been knocked out, God knows what they would have done. Holy shit. That's... I, very resilient though we push on for a little yeah. bit long that's crazy so you get down to the van you get yourself yep. locked in you got yep. Ellie in there you guys are safe you call 911 tell me what that what, what that looks like um i did not actually call 911 until my van was surrounded by the other cars okay so you get yourself in your van you're locked in you're in a an apartment building parking lot right Correct. Yes. Tell me what happened next. All right. So once we got ourselves locked in, um, I grabbed my little taser and my pepper spray. And Ollie, once again, like something else was intervening through him, was like, uh-oh. And so within like 
I would say three to five minutes of us being down in the van. We were surrounded by five cars, like literally surrounding us to where I could not move. I could not get out. Even if I was sober enough to drive, I would not have been able to get out because they blocked me in. And they left their engines on. They're flashing their lights at each other, doing some sort of weird little signally stuff. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Holly was like, uh-oh, mom. And I was like, yeah, buddy, uh-oh. So this whole time I had my... Um, I had my phone already typed into 911. It was sitting there. I was like, as I was walking down, it was typed into 911 just because I was freaked out. I was like, just in case anything happens, it'll be there. It was him. I asked Ollie. I was like freaking out when these cars started to surround me. People are peeking in my van, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, is it time? Do, do we call Do we call the cops? And he was actually the one who pushed the button the, to press call. So I was like, all right. Yeah, something is definitely working through Ali to save your life. I know. Holy and it was, it was terrifying almost to see him and it be like, there's something else other than my child in there. Like that, it's just like, he had become responsible for me in that situation. So um, I end up calling the cops and I think... I mentioned earlier that this is in Washington. We had called the cops and essentially I was disregarded. I was made to feel stupid. I was made to feel silly. When I called, they were like, 911, what's your location? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I, mean, I wasn't sure where I was at. Like I followed an address that I was given on my phone and silly me for not recognizing where I was driving and like keeping it in my head because this is not exactly what I expected. Under the influence of something someone has given you. So you're not going to be in your right frame of mind. I'm not cognitive at this point. Um, they kept telling me to look out the window. Thank you. They kept telling me to look out the window and be like, what are you near? And I was like, I cannot look out the window. There are people out there like looking in the window, essentially. Like I can't move. I can't. I, I, I have to stay where I am. Um. I told them that I thought I was drugged and I told them that I was unsafe in this parking lot. And they're like, well, if you feel unsafe, why don't you just leave? And I was like, ma'am, I'm surrounded by cars. I am surrounded by cars. I cannot leave. They're like, okay, well, if you're in an unsituation, can you just get a friend to come pick you up? And I'm like, I'm from Georgia. I can't. Like they. 911 has, they have GPS in case you don't know where you're at, right? Um, I know they can pin my location. They've done it before. Like when I, when I called for help for my flat tire, they pin my location to find out where I was. Exactly. Uh, but they would not pin my location. They would not send anybody else to come out and help. And I know at that point I was slurring my words. I sounded like a mess. Like I'm sure in a, a place like that where a lot of things are legal, they get calls like that all the time of people who are freaking out because they're on some sort of screwed up drug. But send I, an officer to look. Just look, just look, just come check on me and make sure that I'm okay. That is all I'm asking for. Like yeah, I, it is not. Um, if if I'm a silly goose, you drive away and you go home. But like. They, they you wouldn't can even, you can even charge me with calling 911 illegally, whatever. But could you please put your eyes on it? <laughs> exactly. So they, they were absolutely no help. Actually made me feel more embarrassed even to ask for help. Um, 
and made me feel silly, like I was wrong, and like I should just be able to handle it on my own, essentially. So they were no help at all. Yeah. That is so sad. I mean, I just can't even... That speaks volumes with what is problematic legally there. And I don't know how much you know about Washington, but one of my favorite true crime writers has so many freaking novels about how much murder and all the weird shit that goes on. I'm afraid of that state, to be perfectly honest. No offense, Washington. Learned about this stuff before I went, but I did not. I was just like, cool. You know, and you can't always stereotype, I guess, in our heads, you know, this situation, but this does not help me want to go travel there, to be perfectly honest with you. Back. I really don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you realize no help's coming. You have no help. What are you feeling in that moment? And what did you do to keep you and Ollie safe from all these people surrounding you? Um, at that moment, I kind of accepted that I was, I kind of accepted death at that point. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be helped. I've got these people around me. I'm literally slipping in and out of consciousness with like alarms on my phone just to keep me up to protect him. Um, so at this point, I felt helpless. I felt like I was about, like I was done. Like I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to Washington, man. Like, dang. Um, really, the only thing that I could do because it was already kind of late at night around that time, and all of my friends over here, my friends and family are here in Georgia, which was even later. So nobody called was awake. Um, I'm trying to call my friends. I'm trying to call my family. I finally got a hold of one of my sisters who I was like, I need you to stay on the phone with me all night. And I'm sure if you talk to her, she could tell you how the fear. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, if the, it's okay, I would love to interview her just to kind of hear what it was like for her. Yeah, I'll, I'll for sure make sure I send her a message about that. I'm sure she would like to contribute to this a little bit. Yeah. I pretty much stayed, me and Ollie slept on the floor of my van with my little taser and pepper spray in hand, my phone um, going off every five minutes with my sister on the phone as well. And then um, pretty much I just stayed there falling asleep where for a minute. Are, where are the five people surrounding the van? Are they still out there? They, they stayed there for about an hour before they even left. So my theory, my theories, which I'm pretty strong in that I'm saying is essentially what it is that happened because I just kind of know that they, it's a lot easier for people who are in sex trafficking and all that kind of stuff to swipe a small woman and child out of the parking lot that they are walking through. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they're in that van, you're not going to break in and enter because right. then you leave, you leave, you leave evidence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. It would so been easier. I, you would have been, you were too much of a problem for them. Thank goodness. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, the only reason I was safe is because I locked myself in that van and made it to where if you're going to come get me, you're going to leave a mark so that you are found essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, um, 
they did end up leaving. I was not awake for when they did leave, but I know I woke up within a few minutes after that they did. And I woke up and I was like, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. So I, I still couldn't feel like I could relax. At least I felt like I wasn't surrounded anymore. Like, you know, like I'm not like they're, they're literally like dangers, not on your van at this point. Exactly. Exactly. Were you able to get a good eye on what kind of vehicles they were? Or was it just lights kind of shining? That was a like the fact that I remember this much detail of what happened that night is surprising. I know one of them was a reddish uh, SUV, like a like an older Jeep Cherokee looking one, like one of the more boxy SUVs. There were um, two smaller cars. Um, and then I have no idea what the ones behind me looked like because those were just lights. But I, the SUV was in front of me. That one had a very loud engine. So it was very apparent when it like came in that that's what I heard. Um, and I just know that there were two smaller ones down here on this side. But the Did coloring. Did the girl ever come down stairs or anything like that that you could tell? No. She did not come out. And there's one thing that I made sure uh, I kept track of. Because she called somebody, hey, I have something for you. Not a single person went in that building. Good. So nice. Calling those people, clearly. Yeah. And did when they were like looking in your windows, did anybody say anything to you? Were they trying to coax you or do anything or just peeking? It was just trying to I think they were just trying to make sure that I was inside there because I got in there before they they got there. Like like I said, just a few minutes. So I think they were just making sure that I was even there. But I was told, because I remember, and I was on the way to this girl's apartment, because it was getting late. Like I said, it was 8.30. Um, I asked her before I got there, hey, is this parking lot, would it, do you think it's going to be safe for me to like, spend the night in? Bad question. She knew I was going to be spending the night there. So, yep. So it would not have been bad for your vehicle to be there. Oh, this girl left my apartment, slept there. God knows what happened to her. So that would yep. have been her alibi. Exactly. Disgusting. Exactly. Disgusting. And the fact is, is this is going on under our noses for years. I had no idea about sex trafficking until maybe four years ago. And this has yeah. been going on a lot longer than a lot of people talk about. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. And it now, when you set out on your journey, was that ever on your mind? No, no, that is not the kind of dangers that I was expecting to come across. Uh, not at all, really. I was expecting, yeah, maybe some weird men at a gas station. I'll yeah. give them a look. Well, the shit we all, as women, we, you know, we were bartenders, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know how that works. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting that. But, like, I know better than to take a drink from somebody. I know better than to take really anything from somebody without knowing what it is. But for me, I was like, oh, water. 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 Mm -hmm. Ooh. Water. No. Like, no okay. Smell. No smell. No discoloration. No. I didn't notice anything. No now, where? So, clearly, Pain. this was liquid. Could be. Ah. I don't know this kind of stuff. Like, that is crazy. So you've had time to kind of sit and digest all of what happened. 
Looking back, do you think there was anything that indicated she was a trafficker prior to your experience, if in in hindsight? Other than her trying very hard to be on my level, trying very hard to relate with me and like get me comfortable, which in some cases could just be seen as somebody trying to make a friend. Um, but it was the intensity of it, of how hard she wanted me to feel comfortable with her. And like, she understood me and like, um, I was cared about that. I was like, this is going somewhere else. Um, but a scammer in a way when they're real intent and real focused. Yeah. Yeah. Did she show any extra attention toward Ollie in your presence that maybe you would have, in hindsight, been like, oh, that was kind of weird? Yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. Um, that is a different perspective that I didn't think about before of the attention that she was showing Ollie and how she was trying to make Ollie feel comfortable. And it was mm, kind of... Mm, Hard to explain once again, but um, kind of in a way where it was like, I don't know, there were times when we were hanging out before with the other friends that had introduced her to me, where it was, she was like, oh, I can take care of Ollie. I can go take him out so you can have some alone time. Like getting him comfortable with her as well, which so that he wouldn't be turned off or like set off by any of those weird little things. He was originally fairly comfortable with her until we got to that apartment. And then he's like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, mom. No. Yeah, he could feel something. Yeah. Wow. Uh, something similar. I think I read it on either Say What You Want, Delonica, but at the parade here in Delonica, a woman was hyper-focused on this women, this woman's younger child. And was not making any contact with the mother when the mother's like, excuse me, you know, why are you so close to us? You don't need to be right here. She ignored the mother and focused on the child and the, it just sent up a red flag in the mom because standing at a parade, that's a little weird. But in yeah. a social situation, of course, you're not going to think anything of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ollie's a fun dude. I would want to hang out with him as well, you know? Well, yeah, Ollie's cool. I mean, I've 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 been out with you and you've had Ollie with you, and I'm like, dang, he's a cool little kid. So yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> think anything of it either, I guess. Um, that's crazy. Um, what advice do you have to give young parents traveling with their small kids? Um uh advice i don't know because i still haven't figured this out yet on how to make it like the best way possible um but a lot of people are going to seem trustworthy uh trust your gut trust your gut real hard because when she was trying to get me comfortable i was like i mean yeah i am comfortable but this is weird there was still that there was something in the back of your mind saying maybe no like maybe not so Ollie's a very social butterfly who likes to go talk to anybody. And for the first part of it, I was letting him do that just because it was mostly families with kids, um, which for the most part, I'm going to trust somewhat. <laughs> families with kids, I feel like they are on the same boat, but no, don't. I, I would suggest not trusting anybody, really. Like, don't. Don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt because they're going to use that to their advantage. Um, a lot of people might see you as cold or harsh, but I am safe and I'm alive. Yeah. So 
<laughs> I agree 100%. I mean, if somebody really wants to be your friend, you know what time that's how that's going to build the trust instead of right off the jump. Yep. If yeah. somebody's overly trying to be your friend right off the bat, there is usually uh, an agenda behind it as well. That's yeah. what I found with this situation and multiple other ones. Yeah. And it doesn't. <laughs> and you're 100% right. Earlier, you said, you know, it's easier to snatch a woman and a child walking across the parking lot. A lot of these traffickers are setting themselves up with a U-Haul truck, a couple vehicles, and then they have what they call a fodder that spots you in a store, follows you around, and the people know when, when it's okay to grab you. So, yeah. I mean, be very aware of your surroundings as well. Hey. You know, be very aware. So having this happen to you, you're going back out. You guys are going to go back out and travel some more. I'm glad that this didn't keep you from following your dream and continuing what you guys are doing. What would you say, uh, or no, how, how do I say this? How did this change the way you're going to parent Ollie as in regards to safety and his personal safety? Just awareness, like you were talking about, the awareness of who he's talking to, why he's talking to this person, why they're talking to him, the ability to keep an eye on everything that's around you, the ability to make decisions like that in your life. And I think he's kind of on the right track for it. I mean, I, I'm just in awe of the fact that he was able to kind of say, mom, you're in a dangerous situation. He saved your life. Your baby saved your life. Yeah. If it was, <laughs> and I would not. Yeah, because we could have both been taken in that. I know we would have both been taken in that because easy hit. I know we're in an easy hit. But now we're going to go through this and we're going to have the people that we trust with us. Yeah. So we're not going to be going back out alone. We're going to be. Ask, that's actually answering my next question. If that experience changed the way you feel about traveling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, traveling alone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, for sure, just because I'm like, wow, it was that easy to almost get me. It's that easy to do it again, essentially. And so at this point, if I'm going to be traveling, I'm not going to be doing it alone anymore. I'm going to be having one of my best friends who's going to be going around the States with me as well. So it's going to be the two of us and Ollie. So we'll have that. We'll make sure we stay in safer places, safer situations. No more talking to strangers. <laughs> no more talking to strangers. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't was... let it stop you guys from making friends, but definitely being more wary. Very cautious. And here's the part that infuriates me more than anything, is that these traffickers are recruiting children. They are recruiting women. They are recruiting the, the people we, as single moms, would not expect. And see as safe and comfortable. Yeah, because we yep. have a sisterhood, so we feel comfortable with another woman. You know what I mean? But it, you just can't be too careful anymore. You can't really trust anybody. And I hate that the world is like that right now. And I really, really, really want it to change for our kids so that yeah. they can feel safe. For real. Yeah. Do you... Well, I guess that's a redundant question. I was going to say, 
my question is anything else you want to tell anyone like yourself in terms of being friendly with other people nowadays? So, I mean, is this going to change how you meet new people? I, unfortunately, yes. I don't know if it's necessarily for the better, but it was a very traumatizing experience that now I'm very, very cautious, very slow to be able to like, trust people even the people that i have known in my life now i'm like hmm yeah what's your it kind of flipped this little switch where i'm having a hard time being able to trust anybody right now now let's turn this around maybe Korea, what you're experiencing is probably ptsd i know it doesn't you know to say oh well it was just one incident that was a huge incident you were brought to the brink of death i mean you had to come to terms with i might not make it out of this so, yeah. 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 I just trauma does. <laughs> yeah. I got but, bumps too. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. But it's that quick that something like that can happen. You know. And break in like all of humanity because just a couple of them are not not trustworthy. So now I'm like, am I ever gonna be able to trust somebody fully again? Is it gonna be easy for me to make friends again? I don't know. It's kind of just a learning process at this point to figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, maybe connecting with other people that had close calls or who have escaped trafficking. Because um, trafficking isn't just about snatching people. Parents traffic their children every day. I mean, there's that. It's, it's a big deal and it needs to stop. I used to think that stuff happened in other countries. And so yeah. to know that this has been going on and we've just been blind to it, silent. I don't know what you call it. I mean, the fact that it is. Well, from us, though. And it's come out into the open. People just don't like to talk about it. Because, exactly. like, it's hard things to talk about. People don't want to bring it up. So therefore, nobody knows about it. So therefore, this situation doesn't ever get addressed like it needs to be. Mm -hmm. It happens, too, with um, long-term abuse in families. Grandma's abused, mom's abused, daughter's abused, daughter's abused. And it just keeps going. You know why? Because everybody stays silent. Nobody's talking. Yep. They think, sweep it under the rug. It'll go away. No, no, no. Talk, talk, talk make it known and um teach your children how to be safe <laughs> yeah. because at the end of the day they're only with us what eight hours a day they're in school shit happens at school <laughs> they could be snatched from a from a you know the teachers there's one teacher at the recess watching how many kids you can't watch them all somebody could snatch you from the schoolyard you know so it's important for parents to really let kids know this is happening every day, yep. every day. Um, what do you think we can do as a society to combat sex trafficking? I think we're doing it right now. Yeah. I think about it. I think we're acknowledging it and that we are making it public so that everybody else knows. Could I have gone further and maybe the next morning reported something? Yeah, but. When the cops you the night before, mm -hmm. I didn't really feel comfortable <laughs> going in the next it's day. It's almost like when you're a rape victim and you're sitting in that interrogation room and they're shaming you 
for yep. a crime when that it, happened to you. You know? You yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, that would put a bad taste in my mouth. And that's the exact problem of why people have a problem going forward. They don't want to feel the shame. They don't want to feel stupid. They don't want to yep. feel like, oh. And then to know that no help is coming. I mean, what a terrible, terrible feeling. And yep. Washington Police Department, if you are watching, you owe Karina an apology. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that'll ever happen. Progress, man. <laughs> Because it could have been a lot worse. What if those people would have been more aggressive? It could have been a lot worse, you know? What if they had broken my window? What if they had tried my doors? I don't know. Exactly. Don't exactly. Well, is there anything else you would like to add? Um, no. <laughs> I do have I one more question. And it's probably not going to inspire you to do so now. But do you think in your future you will ever try to get on a platform to speak against this even more outside of this interview? Do you think that you'll go on to maybe try to, you know? If I am a, I don't know if I will pursue it. I think the best way for me to help is by helping directly the people around me. Mm -hmm. And then like, have the connections like you do if somebody do, does want me to go and share it on a bigger scale to get more people to understand this absolutely i would but right now my my goal is just to get the people around me at least to think a little bit differently about how situations could play out like this so one more question that i did have on my mind too did you call the friends and say this woman did xyz so no Okay. I, and I probably wouldn't either, you know, but I wondered. I them the day before. And honestly, at that time, when I was still processing everything, I, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know if I did something wrong. I did blame myself for even letting myself get in that situation. So at that point, it was like, one, the police didn't believe me. Why would they believe me? uh two i already feel silly i don't want anybody else making me feel silly i already feel embarrassed like it was embarrassing to have somebody take advantage of me like that yeah. so no i didn't i know they should know but then i started thinking what if they do know yeah and you know that that is the go-to response to anyone who is victimized in a crime is that we take that on ourselves and we're like oh well i feel embarrassed i feel silly, nobody believed me. You know what I mean? So then you're made to internalize that and suffer by yourself. And I thank you so much for coming forward and letting me broadcast your experience. Thank you. Thank you. Because if it saves one life outside of yours, great. If it doesn't, well, we're going to bring awareness to it. <laughs> Right. It's going to, it's going to do something. It's gonna I know do something. God has you here for a reason, girl. <laughs> They'll kick it for a reason. You know it. <laughs> yes. And thank goodness for Ollie. <laughs> the, a lot of people don't realize your kids. I mean, they, they are as much of a crutch for us as we are for them. It's surprising. I, so much i never went whoa you're looking out for me now like what you amazing little tiny human yeah two years old sensing that something was very wrong yeah. so he 
that now it's time for us to learn how to chew it. <laughs> but I want to share also the National Human Trafficking Hotline. If you are being trafficked or you know someone or suspect someone that is being trafficked, please call 1-888-373-7888. Again, the number is 1-888-373-7888. Just a bunch of eight. Yes. <laughs> Karina, I appreciate you for sharing that. I really, really do. Um, I'm excited to continue to watch you guys on TikTok. If you want to share all your links, and then I'm going to probably drop them, you know, in the comments or whatever on every platform that we share this on. But if you want to tell everybody how they can follow you in your adventures, because your story isn't just this. You have a lot of great material on TikTok, Snapchat, uh, Instagram. I don't think you're on Facebook much, but if you want to tell everybody uh, how to follow you. Yes. Um, I will also text you. I think you said that already, but I'll text you them. But if you want to follow my TikTok, it's going to be at Karina B, B-E-E 44. Um, my Instagram is Karina underscore B-E-E. -E. Um, and then, honestly, I can't even remember my Snapchat username, so we'll just link one below. But it's great. <laughs> Email them to me, and I'll include them in when we broadcast. And this is going to yeah. be on Facebook, YouTube, um, Instagram, and I'm hoping to break it down on TikTok, hopefully, if I can figure that yeah. out. <laughs> well, I at least you appreciate it. Thank you so much. And Thank you I'm for having the recording. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We finally got it done. I love it.